Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Druid. This is part of our class overview series covering all the classes available to players, and this is one of the core classes. Within the purity of the elements and the order of the wilds lingers a power beyond the marvels of civilization. Furtive yet undeniable, these primal magics are guarded over by servants of philosophical balance known as druids. Allies to beasts and manipulators of nature, these often misunderstood protectors of the wild strive to shield their lands from all who would threaten them and prove the might of the wilds to those who would lock themselves behind city walls. The druid is a wielder of nature in its many forms, from harnessing the power of the growth of plants to the decay of life or even ashes, the druid can sling spells or manifest the power of animals to strike at their foes. The druid is a highly versatile class that has the potential to capture most any concept you would want in someone that wields the power of nature. Christian, I want to be a bear. You found it. Boom, right there. Put a sticker on Christian, it. Bear guy. Christian, Here he is. I want, I want to be a panther. What's stopping you? You could be a panther, and you could have a panther following you around. Double panther. Christian, Christian I want to be a fire elemental. Who says you can't be? You could totally be a fire elemental. Christian, I want to be a dragon. Uh, there are ninth level spellcasters. I'm sure they could do that in some capacity. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe a bear dragon. The druid. These guys are really cool. It's funny. Whenever I think of animal companions, it's weird. I think of rangers. But it's really the druids that have the strong animal companions right off the bat. Yes, the druid is the class to be if you want an animal companion, followed, I guess, by cavalier would probably be next, or obviously the hunter. But in core classes, it was either ranger or druid, and druid was the much better of the two. To be able to, like, turn into a panther, to have a, an animal companion, and to have spells that, like, control the weather, these are all really cool concepts. And they've been pretty ingrained concepts for a long time. I believe Druid has been a mainstay of D&D, or at least the fantasy games like that, for a long, long time. And we're seeing a new iteration of it. The Druid has taken a departure from its 3.5 origins. The Druid was a monster in 3.5. It was absolutely terrifying. It was the best fighter in the group. It was the best spellcaster in the group. And its animal companion was also the best fighter in the group. It was kind of disgusting. <laughs> Well, I know nothing about 3.5. My experience with Druids has only been in Pathfinder. So let's just jump into it and see what they're like. They can be any neutral alignment. Great, another alignment restriction. The green philosophies all have this neutral bent to them. So you can't be any of the extremes. So you can't be lawful good. You can't be chaotic good. You can't be lawful evil. You can't be chaotic evil. You have to be some axis of neutral because that is where nature lies. Druids have a D8 hit die. They get four plus their int skill points per level. They have a three-force base attack bonus progression. They have good fort and will saves and a bad reflex. The druid is a full spellcaster. It gets nine levels of spells. They are a prepared caster. They cast using wisdom as their stat, and they have their own unique spell list. And their main stat that they scale off of is wisdom, especially for their spells. Druids are proficient with the club, dagger, dart, quarterstaff, scimitar, scythe, sickle, short spear, sling, and spear. Basically everything with an S, apparently. Shurikens aren't on that list. <laughs> They're also proficient with all natural attacks, claw, bite, and so forth of any form they assume with wild shape. 
That's a really weird thing to specify. I don't, I never knew that you could have a bite attack but not be proficient in it. Druids are proficient with light and medium armor, but they are prohibited from wearing metal armor. Thus, they may only wear padded, leather, or hide armor. There are some ways to get past this. It calls out the spell Ironwood in this section, which is something that turns wood into the consistency of metal without truly being metal so you could still wear it. Druids are proficient with shields except tower shields, but they can only use wooden ones. Okay, but like, so what, I just get my, I lose my proficiency bonuses if I wear metal armor? If you wear prohibited armor or use a prohibitive shield, you are unable to cast druid spells or use any of your supernatural or spell-like abilities while doing so and for 24 hours thereafter. Oh, wow. I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's not like you find metal in nature. Paizo, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that really confuses, like, metal. Metal's not, like an unnatural thing inherently, right? What do you, oh, because you have to work it? Yeah, you also have to work wood. You don't just put your hand inside a tree and pull out a shield. I do like the idea of it, even if it's not like perfectly, doesn't make a ton of sense. It makes enough sense to me that they want to be so connected with nature that sort of metalworking may be more of a man-manufactured sort of thing. It's not like they could be like, you can't wear polymers or plastics. See, yeah, that would have made more sense. <laughs> You can't wear glass armor. Something cool about druids that we hear a lot, funny enough, when we looked at all of our races, is that they can get a bonus language known as druidic. It's a secret language that only they know, and if you teach it's a secret language that only druids know, they learn it at level one, and if they teach it to anyone, they lose their druidic powers. So you have your little secret society that now shifters are a part of as well. And you also get Sylvan, which is the language of woodland creatures, on your list as bonus languages. The Druid's class skills are Climb, Craft, Fly, Handle, Animal, Heal, Knowledge, Geography, Knowledge, Nature, Perception, Profession, Ride, Spellcraft, Survival, and Swim. Did you say Perception? I did. On a Wisdom-based class, so the Druid's going to be pretty good at perceiving. They get those eagle eyes. <laughs> literally and figuratively and mechanically. No, not literally. They did not pluck eyes out of an eagle and shove it in their head, Christian, you crazy man. But I could be an eagle. <laughs> then they're I eagle eyes. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> you outsmarted me this time, Christian, but the episode's not over yet. <laughs> I outsmarted you with my eagle brain. <laughs> okay, well, see, look, immediately there's where I come out victorious. I'm not sure <laughs> of all the creep. Maybe an octopus's brain or something. I want, oh. I don't know if we can go on this tangent. I think we've already talked about how smart octopuses are, so I won't repeat myself, but they're pretty clever. Well, let's talk about what we get at level one. Christian, inform me. Impart your wisdom onto my brain. Take your eagle brain and impart wisdom onto my octopus brain. Okay, analogy's starting to fall apart at this point. <laughs> Devin, insert an eagle screech before I talk. <laughs> See, you don't really have control over what Devin does, though. That's sort of not like Devin, please. Just, like, he's not a slave. Devin, I'm, I'm asking you kindly, Devin, with my e Devin, with my eagle kindness. <laughs> okay, stop. You can't just do everything to an eagle. And for listeners who don't know, Devin is our editor. Devin, you're not beholden to him. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Here's my picture. There's just a progressive, there's just a series of eagle screams that just get louder and louder <laughs> until he can't hear us talk anymore. <laughs> I can only imagine when Devin's editing, when he hears his name, he just puts his head in his hands like, I'm going to have to edit this. And there's no, I don't know what I'm supposed to keep or not. <laughs> So level one, the druid gets a nature bond. You pick a bond. You either choose to get a nature-themed domain as a cleric. 
So you could pick the air domain, the animal domain, the weather domain, the fire domain, etc. This will give you the powers of those domains, and it will also give you bonus spells that you can prepare on your spell list. The other option is the druid can get a animal companion. This is a full strength animal companion, and the druid states that if they ever get levels in another class that also has an animal companion, those levels stack. They also get nature sense, which gives them a plus two bonus on knowledge nature and survival checks. You gotta be a little better than everyone else on those checks. You are the druid after all. <laughs> you are the nature dude. You don't want your fighter being like, ah, I got the knowledge nature check. Thank you very much. Knowledges, they are intelligence, right? Yes. But survival's wisdom, so you're already probably doing pretty good in survival. Yeah, you're going to be the best survivaler. You're going survivaler. to You're going to win survivor every time. You won't get voted off the island. Survivaler. Yes. You really are using that eagle brain mm-hmm. of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they're going to get reduced spell casting because they have all this martial capability and they have their animal companions, right? <laughs> what? No. The druid is a full spellcaster. Nine levels of spellcasting, prepared spellcasting, any spell on the druid list, which is mostly nature-themed spells, some divine spells, but overall a very good spell list. Oh, so these guys are divine casters? Technically, yes. They're nature casters, which are considered divine casters. Nature is a type of divinity. Gotcha. But they're prepared. Hmm. Is this the sort of thing where you pick, you have to pick what spells you know, or do you every day can pick from all the spells a druid can pick? You could pick from all the spells on the druid list at the beginning of the day, or you can leave spell slots open and prepare them throughout the day. Oh, wow. Nice. That's cool, though it's a ton of work. It requires that the player has a lot of knowledge of spells. Because there's, there's chances there are, oh, there's a spell here that'll help you out of the situation. You just have to know it exists. We, we did an episode with Param, and he talked about, we talked about there's a spell on the divine spell list that'll let you get you through the river sticks. That's a really specific <laughs> situation, and one of his players had access to divine spell list, but didn't know about the spell. Thankfully, the druid spell list is a little bit tighter than the cleric and wizard spell list. There's not all these random options. They're usually nature-themed. Cool, cool. In addition to having this prepared casting, druids also have the ability of spontaneous casting. This is similar to the cleric ability where they could drop any spell they have prepared for a cure or inflict wound spell. The druid can sacrifice any prepared spell they currently have to instead cast summon nature's ally of the same spell level. So, cool. So that's like a that's like a summon monster spell list, but all fey themed. Fey and or then fey and animal themed. Normal animals, yes. So you could summon a small pack of tigers instead of doing a meteor storm. So Christian, like when you say meteor storm, you know you're setting up for a geostorm joke. Why do you do that to yourself? (laughs) I didn't really think that far through. I thought I was done with this. I thought it would die, but I guess it never died. Devin, put in geostorm. Oh, wait, I can't control Devin. Wait, no. (laughs) No one can control him. He's he's gone rogue. (laughs) Now there's just continuing louder and louder geostorms until you can't hear us anymore. (laughs) Devin, what are you doing? We can't. He's he's defeated us. What have I done? Devin has all the control. He can just make it so that there's just a, a loud beeping noise throughout the entire episode and you can't hear us. We have to be nice to Devin. Devin, have I mentioned how attractive you are? And I just want you to remember that Christian had the opportunity to throw in on that joke and compliment you, and he didn't. I did. He didn't. Are we vying for Devin's favor? Uh, no, because I've already gotten it. <laughs> but you and your eagle brain were too slow. Too bad you didn't have those eagle wings to go fast on. This analogy is falling apart. <laughs> you also get wild empathy. You can make a diplomacy check on animals. Rolling a d20, adding your level and your charisma mod. A real, I still find it a really niche ability depending on the campaign you're in. But it's, I mean, you gotta be able to do it. You're a druid. 
You're probably not going to be great at it, but you can do it. It's fun, like, talking to animals and stuff. Like, hey, there's a little buddy, and you put your finger out, and maybe, you know, instead of doing a handle animal, you get to do a diplomacy and, like, jump on your finger. But what are we getting at level two, Christian? My favorite ability, Woodland Stride. You're never impeded by natural terrain, such as briars and underbrush. Oh, wow. Amazing. You know, there's so many times I've been inhibited because someone, like, casted a gosh darn spell, and now there's vines all over the ground grabbing at me. Unless that natural terrain is magically induced, and then it's still impede you normally what yeah no it's, it's fine though I, I run lots of adventures in the woods mm-hmm. yeah cool. i always just take i always take the time to draw out underbrush on my maps <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's 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 keep our salt levels a little low here oh. at the beginning of the episode <laughs> what do we get at level three caleb oh well, don't worry we're gonna get some makeup for woodland stride we're gonna get trackless step you will leave no trail and natural surroundings and cannot be tracked mm, my other favorite ability <laughs> These are as useless as they always are, but you're a full spellcaster, so you're not really losing out on class abilities to get these. This is just tacked on top of, you know, you can cast level two spells now at level three. What I find interesting is that as far as I can tell, trackless step does not extend to your animal companion. So if you have something that walks, like, I don't know, a horse or a basilisk. A basilisk has a lot of legs to leave tracks behind. Yeah, like it, it, it leaves a trail, so you're going to have to leave it behind if you want to do some scouting. Well, not every druid has an animal companion, and uh, I think that as much as you want to make fun of these, they are very on theme. It'd be kind of weird if it's like, oh yeah, I go through the woods, but I'm like, oh gosh darn, oh, these briars, gosh darn it. <laughs> I'm just glad that it, it's on a full spellcasting class, because when you're the ranger, it's like, this is what I'm getting this level. Like, I am only as good as the abilities you give me and this is what I'm getting this level. It doesn't feel like that with the Druids. Like, oh, I'm a full spellcaster. I already got my nature theme going on. And in addition, I can do these things. Yeah. So on to level four. At level four, a Druid gets resist nature's lure. The Druid gains a plus four bonus on saving throws against fey, spell-like, and supernatural abilities. Also against spells and effects that utilize plants. Plus four is nothing to shake a stick at. Plus four is insane. It's- That's a f- additional 20% chance to succeed. It's really good. And some things are usually designed with a way that it's like you get a plus one bonus when you get the ability, then every two levels you add another one, or you get like half your level, so it slowly goes up. This is just like, it's four. At level four, it's four. Enjoy. You also get one of my favorite abilities, Wild Shape. Once per day, you may turn into a small or medium creature per the B-Shape 1 spell. This will last an hour, a level, or until you change back, which is a standard action. I'm taking it to probably a full round to transform into it. Or no, probably just a standard, because B-Shape's, I'm guessing, a standard. Let's find out. I, I have the ability to find answers to my questions. The standard action. Great. Can't speak, but you can communicate with similar animals. All of that's really cool, especially for role-playing. I know that there are feats and things that... There's actually a bunch of feats to help you with Wild Shape. Not only talking in your animal form, but also be able to cast spells in your animal form. And there's different stuff to help like your equipment still be useful in animal form. Usually your equipment just sort of blends with you. There's a lot of support for Wild Shape. Which, by the way, I say that, I'm not sure if I mentioned it already, but I don't think you can cast spells without these certain feats and things while you're wild-shaped. Yes, the feat Wild Speech is often referred to as a feat tax for druids because you can't actually speak, so you can't do the verbal components for spells while you're in animal form. But if you take that feat, it allows you to speak while an animal, and therefore you can cast spells. Don't ask me how an eagle performs the somatic components of a spell with his little talons. are you so stuck on eagles? Because it was just election day. I'm still feeling the freedom. (laughs) 
It's still coursing through. It's red hot blood coursing through these veins fast. I will bleed on the flag to make sure its stripes stay red. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, Wild Shapes well supported also well in supplemental material. We've got a whole like wild themed book. That gave us some more stuff on here. But this levels up with you at 6th level and every two levels after. You can use this an additional time per day. Uh, all the way up until when you get to 20th level. You can just wild shape at will. Have fun with that. At 6th level, you can change into a tiny or small elemental. At 8th, you can become a huge or diminutive animal, a medium elemental, or a small or medium plant creature. You're going to be using a lot of spells for this. Be shape 3, elemental body 2, plant shape 1. At 10th level, you can become a large elemental or a large plant creature. And at 12th level, you can become a huge elemental or plant creature. Cool. I like them getting more options as I level up. This is all neat. I have some, you know, negative feelings about sort of the limits on wild shape. I want to be able to roleplay as an uh, as a wild shape druid for longer periods of time. While it is an hour level, doesn't necessarily just confine you to encounters. It does put, you know some good limits on you. Wild Shape is typically why you play the Druid class. This ability is hugely versatile, and you will have trouble not finding use in one of these forms at any given time. It's useful in combat. It's useful for espionage. You can get elemental immunities. The numerous senses and abilities of animals and beasts are all options that you can select, and it just gets better and better as time goes on. It's a little bookkeepy. You're going to have to change some of your ability scores, which, you know, reverberate throughout the rest of your character sheet. Uh, and B-shape and all these other shape and body spells only tell you specific things that you get from the creature you're turning into. It isn't just here's the beast GRE entry. Uh, so things, it gets, a, it gets a little bookkeepy at times. And you're not exactly getting everything that you might expect to be the animal you're turning into. Right. In older versions of the druid in 3.5, they literally changed their physical scores into that of the creature they were transforming into and kept their mental scores. Hugely broken, not like that anymore. When you transform, you're simply getting a static bonus to either strength or dexterity, and then you are picking and choosing certain abilities that the creatures have that you get, such as a flight speed, or scent, or dark vision, things like this. I actually kind of rather have the 3.5 version. I think it'd be cool to be handed a beast cherry entry. It was pretty nonsensical, honestly. The druid could walk around with like 8 strength, 8 con, 8 dexterity, and then just transform into a tiger and be the smartest and strongest person in the party whenever they want, and also be a full-level spellcaster. They could just become a treant, except they maintain their mental scores. It was stupid. But can't you just like balance that by giving them creatures that are balanced at that level? Like, don't give them a Tarasca level 4, problem fixed. Not really, because the way CRs are designed, the strength, the physical scores of creatures at your CR level are going to be strong. It'd be a very small list of applicable creatures. All right, all right. There is a burden of knowledge on the player doing Wild Shape to know how polymorph effects work. This is directly going to relate to the polymorph rules and that when you transform into an animal, your equipment disappears and you can't access it, but there's certain armor enchantments that allow your armor to still act as you're wearing it. There is a good bit of bookkeeping associated with this, but once you master that, you have possibly one of the strongest abilities in the game. Now, Christian, a lot of supplemental material has come out beyond the core rulebook that has given us more shaped spells, become monsters, humanoids, dragons, things like that. While not ingrained into wild shape, is that still in our spell list? It is still on the druid spell list, so spells like vermin shape, form of the dragon, do appear on the druid spell list. Awesome. And I'm sure, while we're not talking about it right now, there's archetypes and other things. 
that can maybe focus on it. But Wild Shape, really cool. Has a few things I wish it could improve, and there's some things that you can't improve that are just the nature of it. Cool ability. So the next thing that you are getting as the Druid isn't until level 9. At that point, you gain Venom immunity. You gain immunity to all poisons. Well, they said Venom, and then they said poisons. Those are two different words, but I, I get what they're going for here. <laughs> <laughs> they mean different well, things. <laughs> they do. Uh, what is it? What's the adage? If it bites you and you die, it was venom. If you bite it and you die, it was poisonous. I'm not confused at all. (laughs) (laughs) Your next ability is at level 13. I should say your next new ability. It's called a thousand faces. You can change your appearance at will as per alter self when you are in your normal, your humanoid form. Oh, we skipped over real quick. I guess I should say immunity to all poisons. It's pretty crazy when it comes up. Not everything you fight uses poisons, but when they do, to be like, nah, okay, thanks, bye. Pretty amazing. There are some very expensive and powerful poisons out there. And includes all types. Injury poisons, ingested poisons, breathable poisons. Doesn't matter. You're just like, I don't have to worry about it. I have this, like, picture of, you know, everyone sitting down at the king's table and he's, like, smirking because he knows he's poisoned the glass and he's finally going to defeat the evil player characters. And the Jew is just like, this is delicious. I keep drinking <laughs> the poison water. And he's like, does he not even taste it? There's more poison than wine in there. What What's happening? More! More! <laughs> uh, can't kill him. Ah, uh, my party members have seemed to have fallen asleep. <laughs> They're not used to such merriment. <laughs> Here, draw the, give them more wine. They'll want some when they wake up. <laughs> Thousand Faces, kind of a weird ability, honestly. I don't get why the druid has this. Is this like, I feel like this is a reference to like a poem and that's why it's called A Thousand Faces or maybe a song. I I, I don't associate being able to change your physical appearance as a human to other humans or other, you know, humanoid creatures Mm -hmm. with a druidic person, at least not that I'm aware of. I couldn't speak to any of its inspiration. I do get the idea of if I can turn my entire body into an elemental, a plant or literally any animal hey look i'm a dinosaur now and i can't change my nose a little bit really it makes sense that you would have to be able to alter yourself i'm assuming the creed song a thousand faces must be the inspiration for this (laughs) oh yes i think we have it settled no more research needed next ability you get is at level 15 it is called timeless body the druid no longer takes penalties for aging and they cannot be magically aged you still gain the benefits of moving into new age categories, but you also still die at old age. It's a strange ability. Yeah, and we've talked about aging rules and how they're sort of strange, given that anyone can take them just at character creation. It's sort of an interesting thing that they're codified here. But uh, I like the idea that you have a, a guy out there who can has so much control over his own body and self that he can make it so that he doesn't look like he's old. My body renews at such a great rate. He's been changing faces for so long, he doesn't remember his oh. own. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Christian, what are we getting to level 20? What's our capstone? Technically, you don't got one. What do you mean? I mean you're a full spellcaster with nine levels of spell. Shut up. You don't need one. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. What we talked about earlier, you can now wild shape at will. Great. It took me level 20 to do this, but awesome. You know what? Why don't you just cast Sea of Dust? There's your capstone. Just destroy all the water in like a (laughs) two-mile radius. I don't care. Oh, boy. Well, earlier we talked about, oh, no, if you teach somebody druid, you lose... Oh, you know no, what? Just you know what? Just cast you... tsunami. Just make a tsunami. Just make a natural disaster. Just happen. You could cast like four of them a day. Just wait till tomorrow. I'll make four new tsunamis. Oh, world wave. Okay, I'm just gonna change the earth into a wave that I glide across, destroying everything in my path. You don't need a capstone, guys. I'm gonna go get a drink. You let me know when Christian's done. All right. Clashing rocks. 
This is literally Rock's fall, everyone dies. You have it as a spell. Siege of Trees greater. You know, just oh. animate an entire forest. The entire forest just becomes siege weaponry under your Place command as one person with a thousand faces. You could just you could just summon the Elder Worm. I don't know what the Elder Worm is. Sounds pretty badass, to be honest, though. But you could just summon them, and it's a line-level spell, and you got, like, four of them a day. Here's another... Oh, Elder Worm, Elder Worm, Elder Worm. Oh, wow, Halo 2 is a lot better than I remember. Oh, oh? Hey, Christian, I've just seen the, the audio waves go down. Are you done? There's more here, but I will cease for the moment. Oh, great. Well, Christian, we talked about... A druid learn losing some of his abilities because he taught druidic to somebody. Talk to me about being an ex-druid. So if you break the tenets of being a druid, which is if you cease to revere nature, I don't know how you quantify that, if you change to a prohibited alignment, or if you teach druidic language to a non-druid, you lose all spells and all druid abilities, including your animal companion, will just up and leave you forever. Well, at least he doesn't maul you in your sleep. <laughs> and you also just apparently- octopus tentacles going in your mouth. Shh now. Shh now. Sleep forever. You apparently also just forget how to use a sword and spear because you lose your weapon proficiencies. <laughs> I don't know how you just forget that. And you can't gain levels as a druid until you atone as per the atonement spell, which has its own rules and stipulations. Interesting. I always thought that X, like paladin and X druid stuff, is an interesting thing I've yet to see, like- happen i guess it's just such a powerful deterrent no one ever really does it i think that most gms rule that if something like that happens well you can just re-level as some other class they're not just gonna be like oh now you're a level nine commoner npc class that can't do anything any favorite class bonuses worth mentioning most of the druid ones are pickable but none of them are really too spicy they all fall into very expected categories uh, involving giving your animal companion more hit points, more skill points, better saving throws, uh, using your domain powers more often, gaining a bonus to your wild empathy, or gaining a stat bonus of some kind while you were shifted into an animal. Uh, the, the best one I saw was the elf. When the elf is wild-shaped, they get plus one-third to their armor class. I got a question for you. Mm. I played a druid only once, and I picked the domain power, because I picked a decay druid, so... Picking a cleric domain of death or decay or something was just obvious. It was a, it was an easy choice. But is the domain powers, picking a domain, equal in power to picking animal companion? It can be. Animal companions are very powerful early in the game, but their scaling is kind of off kilter and they start to become useless later in the game domains can be very powerful depending on the domain powers associated with them but also just because they give you spells that are otherwise not on your spell list i would think that they're very okay. comparable unless you are specifically building around your animal companion or you're picking a very cheesy animal companion such as the tiger okay well christian what are your final thoughts on the druid so in terms of me as a player and what i enjoy playing i'm not huge into nature themes in fantasy games for that. But I think druids make excellent NPCs, and I love using them as a narrative structure in a story. I think the druid is an exceedingly powerful class that can be built in many different ways and still be useful. They can just be a full spellcaster and just cast spells all day, and that's really all they do. They can instead have lower wisdom, 
higher physical scores and be a self-buffing combatant that shifts into animals and casts spells to make themselves stronger. They could be a support type caster where they have their animal companion and they cast spells to buff their allies and animal companion to make them stronger. Overall, I think it's an absolutely excellent class in both mechanics and the flavor that the class is aiming to achieve. Yeah, I like them a lot too. I think there is some room to work here to sort of differentiate what path you want to pick. Right now, like when I when I played my druid, I very much focused on my wild shape build, picked all the feats and items and things for my wild shape, but I was still casting amazing spells anyway. I could still self-buff. I had like a miasma around me from either my archetype or my domain. I even had like two separate ones from both uh, so that I can go into melee things around me got hurt, but I, I can imagine what I would have done too much differently if I really wanted to focus on my spells. I guess just a few feat choices. It really wasn't that big of a choice between either one. I guess the really big choice that was given here was whether or not I had an animal companion. But aside from that sort of like one thing and maybe just the complications of a wild shape and the things I already voiced about it, I absolutely love this class. I think being able to turn to animal and have all this nature theme is super cool. I want to be able to, all of a sudden, now there's a thunderstorm. Let's go attack now. Let me cast a bunch of you know vines and thorns around the place, buff myself and turn into a bear and run and smack them in the face. It's a lot of cool things with this. I would love to see an archetype, and I'm going to keep saying this until it happens, and now that we know that there's a playtest coming in first edition, we'll soon not get any more new material. I know we're never getting this, but I'm still going to keep asking for it until they give it to me just to get me shut up. I want an archetype for this class that gets rid of its spellcasting to focus on the wild shape. Hey, have you heard of the shifter, Caleb? <laughs> I don't have to like respond or continue this joke because you said that in such a perfect voice and tone. <laughs> That the joke has been completed. <laughs> uh, it, there are some archetypes that sort of give you different things. Like there's one now you can turn into vermin with your wild shape and things like that. Uh, but it just wasn't enough for me to get a real cool focus on the wild shape, which was my favorite part about the druid. Speaking of archetypes, the druid is one of the core classes that has benefited the most from archetypes added over the years. There's archetypes for everything. One of my favorites is the nature fang, which is takes the druid and removes wild shape, but instead gives you a bunch of slayer abilities like sneak attack and talents. So you could be a martial character with the spell nature spell casting, which is something that I've wanted to do. We've talked a lot about wild shape, but the level of support for animal companions is insane. It's a very, very well support class. It's a core class. Why shouldn't it be? A lot of flexibility. Yeah, you still have a lot of bookkeeping because you not only have the complication of spells, but you have the complications of wild shape. But uh, there's just so many paths you can choose here, and they all embrace the druid well. There's nothing here that's just like, all right, what am I doing with the druid? Even some things like A Thousand Faces, I think, still fits in well with it. Small addendum, in the Healer's Handbook, there is a new option. You can pick between Domains, Animal Companion, or Herbalism. And Herbalism is the act of using herbs and such to make your spells into potions that you can give allies. So there's just another kind of fantasy trope that you are able to enact with the druid now. So that was the druid class. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.
Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just getting ready to carve the turkey and enjoy ourselves a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, get yourself a slice of turkey, pass the mashed potatoes, grab some dice, and join us. You know what, Christian? This year, I'm thankful for you. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful that this ad is finally over. Yeah, everyone else probably is too.